Here's KJ and Lions on WEEI. KJ and Lions, W-E-E-I, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Don't forget, coming up after the show, the SEC Championship. We still got some college football to talk about. It's going to be a good conversation, just right now, right now. Um, Alabama, Georgia. Last night, John, I think Washington took care of some of the madness. Yeah, I think Washington's in no matter what after last night. Yes, thank God. Because I did not want to hear any conversation about some of these one-loss teams. Like, can we crawl back in and didn't even get your conference championship? You still might with Texas today. I mean, I granted, still, they'll win their conference championship, but against nobody really. 18th ranked Oklahoma State. Yeah, not not the same as beating a top five team in Oregon that Washington. Right, right now, if you're a Texas fan, you should be at the steps of any in Norman, Oklahoma, drinking your sorrows away, asking them why did they have to lose. Yeah, any more games, and you should be rooting really hard for Louisville to beat Florida State because I right. think that's the only path. Like the, to me, the only path for Texas in is Louisville wins tonight against Florida State, which I think is and a sneaky even, possibility. And I don't even know if that's a chance for them. Well, Florida then, State might be on their third string quarterback. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a huge lover of Louisville, but there's a chance yeah, there. Yeah, we'll get into the college football conversation shortly before tip off, not tip off, but kickoff for the Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game that you will hear right here on WEEI. I say that to say this. Uh, John, I joked to you about like doing a mock draft a couple of weeks ago. I was like, already? But now that there's a change at quarterback, uh, Zappi will be starting tomorrow against the Chargers. Moving forward, what is the what does it look like for these teams? And so you did a draft. I did one. Now, where I usually would do it is where you do yours. Pro football focus, is it? I think That's it where is. I do mine, yeah. Well, I messed up because you're like, you have to have a premium subscription. You want to do all seven rounds. It wasn't that way last year. And then I tried to do one and forgot to check off rounds two and three. And it was like, you've done your maximum for the day. I was just like, you boneheads. I just found another simulator where it's like, welcome, KJ, to our shop. Would you like to draft some players all seven rounds? Sure. It won't cost you anything. So we did them at two different locations. But ironically... Who did you pick at number three for the Patriots? Marvin Harrison Jr. Guess who was available for me at number three? Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. I think there was a couple other guys available for you there, too. Well, but I I didn't take them, right? So in the draft that I had, Fashanu from uh, from, from Penn State went number one to the Bears, who had Carolina's first pick. Dallas Turner of Alabama went two as the edge rusher to Arizona. Marvin Harrison was available at three. Drake May was taken by the Giants at six, and Caleb Williams at seven in this mock draft that I didn't do myself. The computer did that. So, so, so you took, so clearly now the Patriots still need a quarterback. Who did you take second? So, my second round pick was actually Michael Penix Jr., who played quarterback for Washington last night, if you're watching the (sighs) final Pac 12 game ever. Unfortunately, in my draft, he was no longer available. And I think that's going to be the case. So I took Jaden Daniels. Yep. So I think we're both on the same. Now that's I, funny too, because in my draft, Jaden Daniels was not available, and I took Michael Penix. I actually love Jaden Daniels. I think he's going to be a stud. But there's a chance that these guys might not even be there. Pick thirty-five for the Patriots. Yeah, especially Penix, because when I saw Penix playing last night, I was thinking, you know what? The ball that he throws are made for professional receivers. 
You know, you, do you know? Does that make yeah. sense? No, it, it does. And and he, I felt like he threw the ball well under pressure. Right, like which is something that you know you're going to see in the NFL, no matter where you are. Right, his pressure. You like you've got two, maybe two point two seconds to get rid of the ball before someone's in your face. If there's a concern, I do have is maybe his arm angle, but that could be adjusted, I guess, just as plays come along because the way he throws it, the spin he has on that ball, I would think he's the guy that would get free agents tempted to come play with him. If who for whoever gets him, right? Because they're like, if he throws the ball like that, and keep in mind, he's going to need more of a right tackle tackle that's going to protect him more so than a left tackle, which means you're going to be able to save some money, right? Yeah. Now you're talking about, hey, there can be some money savings on that front line where all the demand is paying all this money for a left tackle. Like with Miami, I think the reason why Miami's able to spend the way they can spend and have a waddle on the team and not worry about his increasing money when it gets there and sign a Tyreek Hill is because they don't have to pay for the superstar left tackle to protect a quarterback. They do it with the right tackle. So yeah. uh, once you get to the third round, who do you have? So I actually have a guy, a defensive tackle, who caught a touchdown pass earlier today for Texas Uh-oh. to Vondre Sweat. So, okay, so you so you have him at third round at, at 67. Yep. I took Cooper Beebe, offensive tackle from Kansas State. I think, the, I think at the end of the day, because you messed up with Cole Strange in the first round, knowing he was a second rounder, performing now like a fifth rounder, you have to go back and address the offensive tackle situation at a decent place, right? So maybe yeah. you go get him in the third round. You get an offensive tackle in the third round, um, but still, you, you, you're still on the offensive side of the ball, which we've been talking about. Like, hey, if Belichick is to come back and there's a conversation between him and management, you got to go heavy on the offensive side of the ball. So I've got one, two, three. Belichick on the offensive side of the Yeah, I, I looked tackle there, and it just yeah. there wasn't really a lot of good ones available. They went earlier. So would have been I would have had to take them in the second round instead of Penix or whoever quarterback I wanted at the time. So right. I, I wouldn't be shocked, though. Like, let's say they end up with the fourth pick and Harrison Jr. is gone. Right. They could go Olu Fashanu and pick a tackle at fourth overall. Like, And normally I would like Not that. The, the only reason <laughs> – yeah, I know, that's fair. But the only reason I like Harrison – at three is because I think he's such a unique talent. Normally, I would rather take the offensive tackle top five, but I think Harrison is just such a unique talent. That's why I went with him. But it does put the onus on you to either bring in a tackle in free agency that's pretty good or draft one in the third round or high in the fourth. Well, I think the other part about bringing in Harrison, because the other part of it is Chicago and Arizona could make the same cases to get Harrison that the Patriots are screaming about, right? Because... You're talking about, like, you need Harrison in here, but we're really not saying to help Mac. It's almost like you believe that Mar- that Harrison would have the acumen to be a professional receiver and to be able to do what you need him to do right away. Where with a quarterback, say, with May or Williams, I mean, how long is the patience line going to be really in New England? Yeah. right? Because if, if let's just say you get May or, or Williams in here and their first year doesn't look like Mac's, and then their second year doesn't even look like Mac's first year. Then oh my gosh, we, we're heading towards a ten-year roller coaster fast, and you won't even notice because by that time you'll be kind of in year what six of the malaise. Yeah, about then, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Th- so you. That's why I would say, and I've been like, I don't necessarily know if I would risk. Yes, another quarterback needs to be here, but I don't know if it needs to be that guy who's taken you know at three where you have to put him in right away, and potentially still have Mac Jones here as the number two waiting for another team's quarterback to go down and see if you can get a, you know, a third or fourth round deal for Mac Jones. I think you, if you can make a trade for Mac Jones next season where someone's willing to offer you a third, 
you do it. I don't know if I would take anything less than a fourth because someone would be in that desperate of a need, and at least you're trading them a quarterback who has played NFL games. Now, they performed well in them, not necessarily, but it's more than what Trey Lance has done, and you got a fourth from in Dallas. Yeah, and the one thing that does worry me, though, with guys like Jada Daniels and Penix, like they might go 15 or 20. Like You might have to trade back into the first round from your second-round pick to <laughs> get one of those back guys. Belichick? Yeah, like you might need to, you know, Pick Harrison Jr. or Olufashanu at three, or Joe Alt, whoever you like, and then use your second round pick and some other ammo to move back into the first round and to get one of these quarterbacks. They might not be there at 35. Yeah, so it's just to finish up this draft talk here. So, what was offered was a trade that allowed me to get more picks in the third, in the third and fourth, the fourth and I think fifth round. So, I ended up taking Jackson Powers Johnson, interior O lineman from Oregon at 115. I was also traded the 124th. It was with Pittsburgh. They made the trade, so I took it. Took Christian Mahogany from Boston College. So now I'm really stacking up on the offensive line. Um, and then Aud- uh, Audric Estime, the running back from Notre Dame at 138, took a receiver, uh, Jermaine Burton. Didn't he catch? Wasn't he the one that caught that amazing pass at the end of the game last week for Alabama against uh, Auburn? No, Wasn't it was that- Bond. Okay, Bond. I knew it started the last name with a yeah. B. I took him at 180, receiver from Alabama, Darius Robinson, defensive line from Missouri at 201, and I took Sam Hartman from Notre Dame at 223. Get another quarterback in yeah. there just to see, you know, another person in the just to improve the quarterback room. How did yours finish out? So after taking a defensive tackle in round three, I went with Cedric Van Pran, who's the center for Georgia in yep. round four. I went Marquez Cox, who's the offensive tackle for Kentucky in round five. And then round six, I went with Jaheim Bell, tight end Florida State, because I do yep. think tight end you know, Gasicki's on a one-year deal. Hunter Henry might not be here for more than another year or so. That's a sneaky future need. And if you're going to have a rookie quarterback, you want some good tight end play out there, too, because that's a very easy or much easier place for him to throw than on the outside all the time. All right, KJ and Lions here on WEEI, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. We talk about the Patriots, Zappy tomorrow, what it means for Mac. Maybe a coach gets fired if there's a loss tomorrow. Hang out, that's next here on WEEI. It's time to trend with Nico. KJ and Lions on WEEI. Just getting ready to do his job. KJ and Lions on WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Uh-oh. Malik Cunningham potentially QB2 tomorrow, John? Oh, I think he might be. I think there's a real chance Mac Jones could be inactive for tomorrow's wow. game. I mean, that we just the saw the Jets story. do a similar thing with Zach Wilson, right? I mean, yeah. demoted him to the third string, and I think that's probably the better way to go. Like, even though I don't think Malik Cunningham is anywhere near ready to take a bunch of reps in a game at quarterback, I think the dynamic of – Zappy finally starting, and then every time a ball goes incomplete or he gets sacked, the the camera pans to Mac as the number two QB ready to go in and try to redeem himself. Like I just don't think that's a good dynamic to have. Yeah, I, it, it's interesting. Um, very rarely do stars starting pitchers in Major League Baseball have a second career as a reliever, right? Once you're done as a starter, you're pretty much done. Eck is probably one. John Smoltz is another. But tr- it's pretty it, rare. Like it's you said. very yeah. very rare. And so I don't know it would be good for Max Psyche to go in and be the cleanup guy, knowing that, okay, we're in this mess in the first place because of you. So I don't – I'll put it this way. If you have to see Malik Cunningham extensively tomorrow, 
it's going to be a long, long rest of the season. It's it's going to be one of those situations where, like, do you turn him? Do you like give up on the Zappy for the rest of the season thing? Because yeah. it feels like that's where we are now. I think they give Zappy the whole game uh, unless he gets hurt or there's some sort of unmitigated like Mac level disaster from early. It, <laughs> even are, this year, that's hard to repeat. Yeah, even this year, I like I I don't think we're going to see that from Zappy. So I, I think he gets the whole game, and I think as long as he gets through the game and they're reasonably competitive, I think he gets the rest of the games this year. All right, we'll get to the game here shortly, uh, and someone may get fired after it tomorrow. I'll tell you who who, who that might be. Won't be 61- us, right? <laughs> well, we'll see. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven text line three seven ninety three seven. Nico, what you got on the text line? We got a few here, and to start out, someone says that they want to take Bo Nix for the Patriots. Thoughts? Nah, nah. I, I just think there's better. Like I think he he's just. I don't think he stinks. I think he's fine, but I, I think there's better options than him. Right, it's like if you're at yeah. three and say, "Hey, take Bo Nix." I'd rather take Jaden Daniels or Penix at three. Like if I'm there definitely going to take, if take I am definitely right. taking quarterback, taking quarterback. There, I, I think they're better. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Okay, sticking with the draft talk here. Someone wants to know what good is Marvin Harrison Jr. without a top QB to get him the ball? Well, you might be able to find a bridge quarterback, right? Do yeah. you reneg- do you, do you go after Jimmy Garoppolo and renegotiate his deal? No thanks. Right? Like. Do, I mean, yes, no thanks. No, but I, I get your point, though. Yeah, right. Or it could be Kirk Cousins, it could be Jimmy G, it could be whoever. And right. I don't think Kirk you... Cousins is a bridge situation as much as Jimmy G would be. Sure, and that that's probably fair, too. And you could still get a decent quarterback at the top of the second round or late in the first if you make a trade. Well, we just talked about Penix and Daniels. So. And plus, in my draft, I took a lot of offensive linemen. So if yeah. the concern is, like, how do you get the ball to him, improving the protection. All right, Nico, uh, one more. All right, and there were a couple texts about this player here. The tie-in for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pat Frymuth. Hopefully I didn't just butcher his name. Um, he's apparently from Lawrence or North Andover. Um, two texters said, one said, good family kid, is pumped he had over 100 yards versus the Bengals last week. And another said, um, to keep an eye on him as a local boy, he's his buddy's nephew. So a lot of local support there for Pat Frymuth. But are they his agent? Yeah, <laughs> because that's the other oh, we'll see him Thursday night. He'll probably catch a touchdown. We'll see him th- right. So right, and that's the other thing is whatever is or is not happening with Kenny Pickett. I think it's a similar conversation going on in Pittsburgh. That Firemuth has been he just he saved Kenny Pickett for a couple more weeks. So last week with his with his performance, which was just out of the face, like suddenly there's an offense. So yeah, I know we want him. To, we would want him to come here, but I think the other part of it is Pittsburgh clearly sees his value probably greater than what they're trying to figure out with Kenny Pickett, right? So if Kenny Pickett is not the answer, it doesn't mean Firemuth is out of it. It means it's got, probably getting something better in there for, for for him to play with Kenny Pickett. So I, I get it, local guy, but I, it's just kind of not how the world works. That's not yeah. that's, the, that's not, Pittsburgh's not the another sneaky team that, like, they might want to take a quarterback in the first round this year. They changed offensive coordinators, and it looked okay with Joe Brady week one, but if Joe Brady – oh, excuse me, that was Buffalo – yeah. Uh, but Pittsburgh changed offensive coordinators, and it did look okay the first week. But let's say it doesn't get much better, then maybe they look at it like, hey, we'll take a Daniels or a Penix in the first. They're a sneaky team for that. Right. And plus, keep in mind, they win They win again this week. They don't have a losing season this year, which is amazing because we figured this would be the year that breaks the yeah. fever of Mike Tomlin having no losing season since he's been there. So continue your comments coming here at KJ and Lions 617 779 7937 text line 37937. So, John, I believe this, and this may sound absolutely crazy. But if the Chargers lose tomorrow, Brandon Staley is fired. Yeah, I think he's going to be fired 
either way, whether it's, you know, if they lose tomorrow or by the end of the year. Like, I think he's done there. And I think, yeah, if you lose to the 2-9 and nine Patriots and you, let's say, and remember, Staley's calling card is defense. He was yes. a great defensive coordinator on the Rams. Right now, the Chargers rank 32nd, a.k.a. dead last in the NFL in yards per game, 24th in points per game, and 30th in passer rating allowed. So if the Patriots win this game, especially if Zappi looks reasonably like okay against that Chargers defense with all right. that talent, I think Staley could 100% lose his job after this game. 26th in rushing defensive touchdowns. Yeah, that's another one, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson should be eating and feasting like it's the first day of the 12 days of Christmas. But the other side of the, you know, you hear people talk about if you want to see a story of the ruining of a quarterback, man, look more at San Diego in terms of what you have in Justin Herbert and the and the the, the yeah. injuries he's taken without a winning record since he's been back there. Look, listen to the passing offense just in the last three years. Fifth in touchdowns, 12th in touchdowns last year, fifth this year, second in yards two years ago, third in yards last year, 10th this year, third in attempts two years ago, second last year, eighth this year. But their running game almost non-existent, 20th in attempts, 20th in yards, 21st in yard attempts. But their offense overall, eighth in points this year, 13th last year, five the year before, 11th in yards, 11th this year, ninth this year, last year, and fourth the year before. So you have an offensive team without an offensive coach, and you've got a defensive coach without a defense. I say that's the worst pairing because, like, if you apply that to this situation, imagine the Patriots' offense was doing very well, but the defense was struggling tremendously. You know what I'd be asking for? Belichick needs to take his hands off the defense. Yeah, and I think with the Chargers, I, I would use a different verb than ruining. They're wasting Justin Herbert. I mean, but this isn't guy, that worse? Top five quarter. Oh, I think I I I don't dispute that. He, this is a top five quarterback in the NFL who is an elite player at the most important position in sports. And you mentioned the defense. Like Brandon Staley was a defensive coach, and if you look at that defense, Derwin James is a great player. Asante Samuel Jr. is a pretty good player. Khalil Mack is still a really good player. His actually Bosa. Khalil Mack's PFF grade is sixth of all edge guys. He's still a good player. Bosa, you mentioned, and yet that defense still stinks. Like so, that's like they are wasting Justin Herbert. They're wasting the talent they have on that defense. You mentioned the rushing numbers. They have Austin Eckler, and they spent a lot of money to bring in. What was it Corey Lindsley a few years ago at center yep. and bolster that? They drafted Rashawn Slater, and yet they still can't figure it out. They blow a twenty-seven nothing lead in the playoffs last year to Jacksonville. Like. They are absolutely wasting a guy. Like, Justin Herbert, to me, is a Super Bowl-winning caliber quarterback. Yep. And they have good talent around him, and they can't put it together. And I think you look right at the head coach and the coaching staff for that. It feels like a Matthew Stafford situation all over again. But I think a better player than Matthew Stafford. When Matthew was in Detroit, and you just seemed to have ineptness through there, even... Uh, yeah, and you had Cal- like Calvin Johnson as like right. Keenan Allen. You know, you like you have some of those pieces, and they just right. never ever put it together small nugget my daughter and keenan allen went to high school together oh that's pretty cool yeah i so you you literally have a potential hall of fame receiver that's taking just body shots and if he's if he's doubtful come tomorrow morning i wouldn't be surprised because you almost feel like at what point it, justin herbert's been playing with what a, a fractured finger yep he had tape on it sunday right. night against the ravens so still playing these games so literally you have high quality players mike williams has been out for the whole season I think he tore his ACL, so he was out at the beginning of the season. Quentin Johnson really hasn't flashed as you thought he would. And and yet, the Patriots, ironically, are a five-and-a-half-point favorite tomorrow, which I would not necessarily buy, 
just because Brandon Staley gets in his own way of success. I think that's the difference of what's on the field tomorrow. You haven't had success with what you, you thought you could with, with, with Mac Jones. And then the Chargers, you've got every piece of success at virtually every position on the field, and you can't do it. To me, and you know this as a teacher, John, worse to have the potential to do the work and not do the work than to not know how to do the work and, and struggle to get there. Like, you don't expect Bailey Zappi Sutton to be this wily veteran out there tomorrow. But yet, you do expect the Chargers to probably make some key mistakes in decision-making to keep the Patriots in this game close. Did you think that this game, which is at 39.5 points, is five more points than what the over-under was for last week? So they think that there's going to be ball movement in this game, and I think the Patriots can kind of, I think they'll be able to eat tomorrow. Yeah, and you mentioned the line, the Chargers five-and-a-half-point favorites, and with that amount of talent, like they should be more than a five-and-a-half-point right. And I know it's on the road at 1 o'clock, West Coast to East Coast, and that probably factors in a little. But, I mean, the Patriots are starting a guy who they cut in August at quarterback. You have all this talent on the Chargers, and you're barely a five-and-a-half-point favorite like i i think that's that that kind of speaks to it and i'm not a huge gambling guy kj but i think that speaks to the frustrations in the really underachievement of the chargers well let's turn our attention to the patriots because now this is the first time where bailey zappi will start the game and mac jones is a healthy scratch so so this is a different feeling for a lot of people i know some people who earlier if you missed any of the show you can go back and play in the first hour the Max Stans parody to Eminem Stan. Some people took offense to it, and I think that made my point correct. That the last thing they wanted to see was Bailey Zappi replacing Mac Jones when Mac Jones is still healthy. And I, I just I just think this was something that was coming between Bailey Zappi keeping himself close to man close to, to, to the team leadership in terms of coaching. Being a good sport about knowing, you know, because people are like, well, they waved him, so how good of a quarterback can he be? Well, it's worse because, hey, the guy who's been waved back and forth to make roster spots is your starter in the 12th game of the season. Right, and, and I think that's where they, they find themselves. And Zappi's two starts last year, we, we talked about it earlier, they just kind of asked him not to screw it up, which he didn't screw it up, and they won the games, and he actually played pretty well in the second one. But now they're not good enough to ask him to not screw it up if they actually want to win. Like, they are going to run the ball a lot, but he's actually going to have to be a little more aggressive and make some plays, and I don't know if they have the capability to do that. That's why, as much as the Chargers, I think, are an underachieving team, and if they lose, their coach could get fired, that's why I still think they're favorites, because they have the talent, they're better, and I think if the Patriots were to win, you'd need Zappi to make a couple aggressive plays, and I, I don't know if he will. Well, you know what I'm expecting to hear? and it's going to happen, is I just feel like the offense has been a lot more livelier when Bailey Zappi... This is what I was saying last year. Look, it's the same Patricia and Judge calling the same Patricia and Judge plays last year, but it seemed like they were more lively. And sometimes yep. there can be uh, an advantage for a person who still takes the coaching and lack thereof and the information and not buck back at it. As you heard last year, remember there were talks about... Um, uh, Back talking to Alabama people and all that. Yeah, well, whereas also, Zappy would just kind of accept, like, okay, we're going to run this. Well, also know, the Kendrick Bourne in the doghouse yeah. talk and all that. That There was a lot of talk, but it seemed to center around that one position of what was going on. And then you have someone like Bailey Zappy who's like, okay, he just gets in there and knows that when Mac comes back, Mac is going to be the guy to run, this, to run the rest of the show. 
He did everything that management asked of him to do, and now here's his reward. That, look, the guy who was the guy that we drafted number one, uh, over, you know, our overall number one pick from a couple of years ago, we're, we're sitting him down. He is not unhealthy. He might even be the number three guy. This all comes from playing your part and playing your role. Even go back to the uh, to the uh, game where uh, the 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 game in Germany, where oh wow, like there's a chance to still win this game, and they pull Mac Jones out of the game, and Bailey Zappi throws an interception. Was I mad about that? Absolutely not. Because what would you expect a defense to do against a guy who hasn't had any reps at all? As yeah. the first string guy, like not to prepare for, not to be, you had to be ready to some extent. So the ball moved a little bit, but once it got picked off, it was like, well, damn, would it have been any different with the guy who was in there before him who had all the preparation for this game? Yeah, that's why I was surprised after they pulled Mac late in the Colts game for a two minute drive with Bailey Zappi to try to win it. <laughs> I, I thought Mac was not going to play again. I was a little surprised he got that start against the Giants, and maybe they felt, hey, he'll have the bye week, try to reset him. Be on the get road. Him, you know, get him to play well the rest of the year. But I, I was still a little surprised he got that start, and that was obviously the last draw. Like, I don't think, unless there's an injury, I don't think you see Mac play at all the rest of the year. Like, I mm. think even if, like, let's just say the Patriots are up by three touchdowns and you need someone to come in and, and kind of give Zappy the rest of the game off, that I think it's Cunningham over here. Yeah. Or maybe even a Will Greer type guy. Like, I don't think you see Mac play the rest of this year, unless there is some sort of major injury. We're about 10 minutes away from the Lions, Then Find out who John throws to the Lions or who are, who are meows, a bunch of little kitty cats. Let's go to Joe in the car. Joe, thanks for calling KJ and Lions. You are on the air. What's up, man? I love the show. Thank you, Joe. I want to invite you guys, I want to, invite you guys to my party. I'm having a party today. It's <laughs> called the Farewell Mac Jones Party. Thank God. See you later. Mac Jones, I don't want to see your face. I don't want to see you with a Patriots jersey. I, I've been saying this for the last three and a half years about this guy. The guy sucked. He will always suck. He's not a starting quarterback in this league. All right? Our boy, Billy Zappi, at least this guy is going to start the game. You know, that's the guy that I feel bad for. He comes in, like you guys just said, with two minutes left at the Colts game. Then he comes in. I guess the New Orleans where they're already down 20. Let the guy start from the beginning. I don't care if Zappi throws a four, five, six, eight to seven. I do not want to see Mac Jones anymore. The guy gave me high blood pressure, okay? My health was not good every time I had to see that guy. I want him, I, like I said, Mac Jones, pack your bags. Go back to Alabama because all you keep referring to, well, Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Well, guess what? Go back to Alabama, Matt Jones. We don't want you here. And all these Matt Jones Islanders over here that was on the island, I hope you guys finally realize that this guy wasn't the guy you guys all thought he was. So, like I said, I'm having a party. It's not the 7 o'clock. Bring your own booze, though. All right. Love the show. Goodbye. Joe, take care, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, um, you know who I really feel for at this time, John, is uh, Nick Fitzy Stevens. All of that Mac merch he made, Mac to the Future, Mac Ten, yeah, Mac the Player. 
all that stuff is in. It's got to be in storage, right? Like, well, it's, hopefully it's, he sold it all. Like, and then I, didn't order yeah. new. Then didn't order new merchandise. You know, sold it all last year and didn't order any. <laughs> Hold the order, more. Thailand. Hold the order. Yeah, yeah. We, we we should maybe make a shirt like you know the Maxine didn't work. The second wave of Zappy fevers here. You know, something like that. Uh, yeah. I, here, I, I think you know. Look, people got caught up. You know, it was I, fun. I, it was I, fun. Like the Zappy was, fa- that that Monday rad. night against the Bears when he had those two touchdown drives. That was probably the most fun moment in the last two years at Gillette Stadium, besides the Taylor Swift concert. You, like so, for, like that, that was that's bad. If those like, are in the same like, sentence. Yeah, no, but I mean that was probably the most fun people had, or maybe the Tom Brady halftime ceremony in Week One this year. Like that, it, well, that that's it. I, here's where I think it all went left for a lot of fans in their heart, is the Pro Bowl announcement. Mac Jones is a Pro Bowler, so people are like he's. Yes, he's an alternate. Pro Bowl. Mac Jones, Pro Bowler. Gets to the Pro Bowl, does the gritty on a blown dead play. People are like, look, you know, that's my quarterback. Look at 10, Mac 10. That's my guy. My guy, my guy. Downhill ever since. I think ever it was since. that Bears game. Because I think, like, and I understand what you're saying with the Pro Bowl, but, like, he played pretty well his rookie year. He, you know, was a front runner for rookie of the year at one point. He got to the Pro Bowl as an alternate, sure. And then early that following season, we all talked about, hey, it's Patricia and Judge. It's Patricia and Judge. It's all their fault, all their fault, all their fault. And, you know, they don't play well in week one against Miami. Then they win in week two against Pittsburgh. Mac does throw a deep touchdown pass wasn't to that Aguilar. Against, wasn't that against and, Trubisky? Oh, yeah, no, no. But my point is that, like, <laughs> you're still blaming Patricia and Judge because you're like, oh, Mac threw that deep touchdown. Like, he can do it, but they're setting him up to fail. Then he competes with Lamar Jackson, but then he plays bad in the second half against Baltimore. Then he gets hurt, and then he comes back and throws the worst interception of the season against the Bears and gets pulled for Zappy and Zappy starts. I think that moment was when people were like, uh-oh, maybe this is not the guy and we're in trouble. And then he had some good moments later in 2022, but then he had some bad moments, and then this year the bottom fell out. But you I think I th- that Bears game was kind of a line of demarcation for a you, lot of you, people. Here's where I thought the emotional Barry point was. It was last year the Raiders game that got flexed out of the 8 p.m. and back into an afternoon game. And you have that crazy play that goes on between Ramondre Stevens and Jacoby Myers, so forth. But as Chandler Jones, who clearly has been well-documented what he's been up to these days, is running down, he mushes Mac Jones like a little sixth grader, and Mac just folds like a tent, and they lose the game. And I think that game though is when you're people like, that that's to where me, Dirty Mac should have shown up and tripped somebody. You know, you know how there's like obviously a large segment of people now that are sick of Belichick and want him fired and want him gone. And I think, I think that that's game, passive blame. But I, but I think that game is when some of that more of that erosion started because people looked at it like, hey, the Raiders had a fourth and ten coming out of the two minute warning and they converted it and then they go down and score a touchdown on Belichick's defense. Then Belichick's offense does something that only a really poorly coached team would do on that final play. Almost and like I think, a rebellion. Yeah. yeah, that that's when I think you know like people were already frustrated with the Patrician Judge situation before then. But I think that game is when people looked at it and there was some there started to be some erosion of trust in Belichick among some fans, and we've seen it snowball and snowball and snowball to the point where now I think there's a sizable chunk of fans that want him gone. Yeah, I think he doesn't go until the end of next year. I think yeah, he gets one more full season. Yeah, that's a whole other segment, but I, I do think he stays. Well, we still year. have more of those. Yeah, we come. do. KJ and Lions. We're not done yet, folks. Remember, we're taking you up to 3.30 kickoff for the SEC championship between Alabama and Georgia. We still have more to chat about with the Patriots. Uh, plus, we've got the Lions then and move them in and move her out. That's still to come. Hang out on WEEI. Good Saturday to you. This is KJ and Lions 
on WEEI. My team's gone cold and I don't know why. You defend this guy at all. Three defenders in the passing window. And still he throws the ball. And if Max stands good, they would say, ah, it's not worse than Pablo Sandoval. Panda was horrible. That was a horrible acquisition, John. It's always been bad. <laughs> Dear Matt, yeah, that's the kind of aggressiveness I don't want the Red Sox to have. Well, that's the aggressive. That was desperation. That wasn't even aggressive. Remember Hanley Ramirez too, and Hanley was actually okay for a little. while. At least Hanley hit a ball into the pike. Yeah, at least. Yeah, like that was just pure. Panda hit the restaurants. Yeah, Yeah, that was. Yeah. Look, that that was the parody that played earlier called Max Stands because Max Stands are in their feelings today, and I get it. You've, you've been able to say for a year and a half, ah, Zappy sucks. Look how many times he's been waved and everything. Where are we today? And by the way, that could still be true. Like, Zappy could still be bad, but uh, he's the one starting tomorrow, so let, let go. Go. He, I put it this way. He should never be starting since he's been drafted. He should have yeah. been the next Brian Hoyer, right? I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that That's what the design was. And imagine having to break open the case in case glass of emergency Brian Hoyer. You know, well, that happened in Kansas City. That was another whole thing. But again, you're literally saying you're taking an old, young Brian Hoyer because your young guy can't get it done. And Max Stans are in their feelings today. I get it. I never, look, I've been, I remember going all the way back to after the Saints game in year one. I said, look, you guys are in love with a guy who still hasn't earned it yet. This is why Cam Newton got on and ha-ha on social media yesterday. Do not say I'm asking for Cam Newton to get back here. Get out of your Mac damn feelings. What I'm saying is this guy should have seen what failure looks like on the football field so that way he wouldn't repeat it instead of being the error repeater. Mac Jones has become the face of error repeater in a culture where you cannot be an error repeater and keep your job on the Patriots. who Think about it. Would there be anybody else on any side of the ball who would have fumbled so much or misplayed so much or got burned so much that they get pulled from four games in a season and still have their job with the Patriots? Who would that be? I Honestly, it's funny. I was thinking about that. In the entire Belichick era, I can't think of a guy that was pulled multiple times and was still here. Albert like, Hayward, uh, Albert Hayward got, got kicked sh- for yep. practice. He got shipped out of town. Yeah. And Chad Ochocinco, I mean, he lasted a whole year, but I don't think he was, like, making huge mistakes. He just didn't fully know what he was doing in the offense, which is a little bit different. So, right, we, and, uh, yeah, so it's a, but, yeah, I can't think of anyone. We're two minutes away from the Lions, Danny, here on WEEI with John. Uh, let's get a text uh, on the text line, 37937. What you got, Nico? Okay, we got a couple texts here, and we're going to start up with um, someone wants to know if you guys want Malik Magic over Zappy. I just think I think you'd have to see more Zappy failure. You have to see Zappy failure to then say, okay, Malik Cunningham moves up to fifty percent of the snaps with Zappy in practice. That I think that before you can even have that 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 Malik Cunningham situation even in the mix, I think you, he'd have to get at least half of the. Half of the reps in practice. I like Malik Cunningham, the player. I think if he starts any game the rest of this year, it's a big mistake and will do long-term damage to his career. 
because mm. he hasn't practiced barely at all there. He's not ready to go there. We started like again. I don't mind a package of plays him being out there, but to be starting and playing sixty or seventy snaps, I, I think that would do long term because I think he would just get totally beat up. I think he would be completely lost out there. And again, not all his fault. He hasn't really practiced at that position most of this year, so I'm okay with a package of plays. But I think if he's out there at all as a starter playing 50, 60, 70 snaps, it's going to do a lot more damage to him and the Patriots long term than good. So I guess it would feel even worse that Malik become the boyfriend and Mac no longer in the picture. Yeah. I, but uh, again, I, I, I think Malik is a good – and I would have him here next year. Malik. I'd have him I here. Know. I would have Malik here as a player next year, the year after. Like I, I, I like the player. I think it's just more about the lack of – time he's been preparing at that That's position. why I said if you give him 50% of the reps with Zappi and but that's start nothing making... for what he's done this year. I but mean, at least Zappi's increase... been playing Zappi's been playing quarterback all year and last year. Malik Cunningham has barely played quarterback this year and it's his rookie year. Like so, I think that's just totally different. So Malik Cunningham like back... Will Greer I think is much more likely to play significant snaps than Malik Cunningham. Like if it came down to like Zappi gets hurt or Zappi's awful whatever I think it's much more likely you see a lot of Will Greer we than just a gonna, lot of Malik Cunningham. We're just going to keep walking out those British soldiers in a straight line in 1775. Yeah. Well, it's, again, <laughs> it's, it's not like I like the player. It's just more about uh, he's just – I think it would be do more long-term harm. Than what's been going on already. No, especially. but to Malik specifically, like to the player and the future too. Because like Mac's not going to be here next year. Zappy, if he is, he's probably a backup. So Malik's a guy, he could actually be part of this team for the next two or three years and maybe be a real contributor. But if he gets absolutely blasted these next few weeks, and it, it could end up preventing that from happening, which I don't okay. want to see. For time reasons, we'll get, to the more, we'll get to more text next hour. Let's go ahead and do the Lions then. Hit it, Nico. See the one about Lions? Can't lose to this head after. King of the jump. Ah, the lion's den where there's no religion involved, but John may throw up some red meat for the lions to attack. Let's start with Bailey Zappi, since that's the conversation that's kind of dominating everything. Will Bailey Zappi roar in his first start this season or meow against the Chargers? He's going to meow. And they could still even win with him meowing, but they're going to run the ball a ton and try to make it as simple as they can. Well, I'm going to stick to a statement I sp- I made last week. I don't think there's anything on the offense that's roarable. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that's, that's so tough to argue know, with that one. Right. I, I don't know how I could say Bailey Zappi will roar, so I'm going to say he roars just because it'll look more fluid. Mike Onwenu is the only roarable guy. <laughs> Let's go to the Celtics here in the Lions' den. Green blood perhaps on the floor with the Celtics roar in the season tournament next week or meow their way out? Oh, I think they roar because I think they take it seriously, and I think the Pacers are a team they've already beaten by over 45 points earlier this year. I think they win that game. I think it's going to be a fun matchup either against the Bucks in that semifinal and then maybe the Lakers or the Suns in the final. That'd be fun. I'm going to go meow here, and here's why. I think that running up of the score against Chicago has put a bad taste in the team's mouth. Przingis is trying to manage your injury. He's been out of the lineup. Same thing with Drew Holiday. Plus, you had in the Toronto tournament game, Jalen Brown tweaked the groin. I don't think these players are going to say, you know what, this is everything that needs to be in front of us. If it's a one-and-done situation, better to take that one loss and get out of it than to try and continually play and potentially hurt players, all for something where we had to find ourselves running up a score in a game against bench players. All right, final one. 
Reports are the Red Sox want to do something big. Will they roar this offseason or be Bloom style? I'm going to go roar here. And I haven't said that in a while, probably since they fired Dave Dombrowski. But I think they're going to roar. I think they're going to bring in at least one front end starting pitcher, maybe two. I think they bring in another bat as well. So I, I think we see them roar here. You know, I think this is like bigger than a home domesticated cat. Like a cat that would take out rats in Southie. So An alley yeah, cat, you could say. Right, there you go. Yeah. So it's going to be on the roar side, but it's not going to be this huge deal that's going to have people discussing the Red Sox are now that team. I just think anything above Hein Bloom is clearly a roar. And so John showing absolute mercy in the lion's den here on KJ and Lions. The final 30 minutes next continues here on WEEI. Good Saturday to you.